Please enjoy the music while your party's being reached. We are recording and we're live. Steven, thanks for coming back. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me again at our end <laughs> of the pod. And Lily, welcome to La Familia. <laughs> Um, oh, Italiano. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Dan Allegretto, for having me, Liliana Catherine Marotta, on La Familia. Well, I feel really ostracized being the only non-Italian here. Also, your last name is hyphenated. Yeah. Right? What's up with that? Yeah. yeah so, uh, <laughs> Gay a, hyphen faggot. <laughs> there was a movement in the 70s amongst feminist girl bosses um, to keep their last names and then hyphenate their children's names. So a lot of gay men have um, hyphenated last names because <laughs> if your mom was a feminist, then she likely had you later in life, like, you know, was working on her career until her late thirties. And you're more likely to be gay if your mom was older because there's more like estrogen left over in the womb or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's why we're here. I would say both of our moms were very birthing us at 38, 37. Yeah. But yeah, my mom kept her last name, but I don't think, you know. Kearney Murata to be, it just doesn't flow. No, it doesn't flow. And I think, you know, I, you know, maybe I, I feel like she loved Italian culture so much. She wasn't like really also, you know, she's one of 11. She didn't need the, our Irish last name totally to be put on. I think she loved the Italian sound of our One last name. One of 11 names. kids? She was the oldest of 11. How Oof. cuckoo is that? That's my worst nightmare. you imagine putting, pushing out 11, 11 redheads out of you? No, it doesn't even seem possible. <laughs> oh, but circling back, my mom had me when she was 39, about to turn 40. So I guess they're all kind of... Wow. I yeah, that AS1 here. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because they were like, yes, I, you know, I'm not my mother. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have my kids in my late 30s. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they adopted, you know, some of the same practices that their mother may have. Oh, and I feel that. like the modern thing now is combining last names. Oh, like oh, to make it, right. So it, they would be like, like my parents would be like, "This is Stephen Forced, Forced with, yeah. like a, with a PH, <laughs> maybe a little apostrophe." <laughs> yeah, Forced. That sounds like a Nordic, a small plates Nordic restaurant. Oh my God! Forced. Have you been to Forced? Have you been yeah. to Forced? It's impossible to get a reservation it's in at Grand Forced. Central Terminal. They're, they're <laughs> doing amazing things with medals. <laughs> really good beer program you have to (laughs) yeah no my my ex's cousin actually worked on the cocktail program at forest um and i can't really say anything more about it but things got a little hairy i know someone that worked there that it got hairy with too and now they're no longer in my life something about that place yeah this isn't right that's no it was a really toxic culture Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm Nordic culture. <laughs> yeah. Also, just like imagine commuting to work and it's in Grand Central Terminal. Oh my god! Ugh. Well, the worst. Okay. Well, well, I don't know. I think well, I, I, well, uh, it's actually one of the most romantic places in all New York, and it's old New York. It's one of the only actual like beautiful pieces of architecture that's like remains in this goddamn town. I was about actually to say it is actually is really romantic. It's like yeah, I wouldn't want to work in Greater Grand Central area like above an office 
above an office, in an office where I have to- <laughs> <laughs> On the helipad, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to work at the Gap on 39th and Lex, you know, but if you just get out of Grand Central and, you know, you can do the whole Gossip Girl thing and, like, look up and, like, look at the train schedule and, like, keep on thinking about leaving town, but don't, you know, if you stay contained, that's fine. Port Authority, no. One of the worst times of my life was when I had a weekly job in Herald's, which is- uh, yeah. I used that to work in Herald you. too when I worked at that um that French denim company and I would just have to call fashion designers and tell them about the upcoming denim trade show and I worked with all French people in a weird small office in Herald Square. Oof. I forgot but, about that. Yeah, I mean Herald Square can just kind of It's it, dark. It's dark. You do kind of black it out in the mind. Um, it's, that also Herald it kind of has that old New York cuz it's so seedy. It's so like a yeah. lot of um, a lot you know, of steam coming out of grace. Steam and old trades, you know. Have but you then you're going to waffle and dinges, and you're spending eight ninety five on one waffle, or like a super yummy Koreatown. Have you guys been to the bar inside Port Authority bus terminal? The Grand oh. Central Oyster Bar. No, he just said no, Port Authority. It's oh, like in a, Port Authority, an Irish like dive bar. That I, sounds dark. That sounds up it's my the alley. The darkest but... place I've ever been. It's also probably one of my favorite bars. Having also... said that, I haven't had a drink in twenty-one days. I'm doing. Are you doing, doing Dry January? Yeah. How is? It's great, actually. I'm kind of thinking it'll be. How, you mean your skin looks amazing, but it always does. Have you lost thirty pounds? I've lost five. Wow. Which like is okay for three weeks, I guess, but yeah. like. I mean, I assume you haven't done any, like, exercise or anything. No, but I've been, like, getting (laughs) jacked up. I used to not be able to drink coffee at all because I was always, like, either mildly hungover or, like, severely hungover. And, like, coffee or caffeine would just, like, push me over the edge. But now I'm drinking, like, two to three lattes a day and just, like, going crazy during the day instead of at night on, like... So you've become this, like, psycho L.A. girl who's... It's the reverse, right. (laughs) You're, You're doing... You're getting fucking jacked... I Java in the morning. I drank. I wanted to try something a little different today, so I tried a Irish cream cold brew from Starbucks. Oh, Aaron, go. <laughs> you want Aaron a one-way ticket to the loony bin? Try one of these. Okay. Can I wait? I I think that you might also be a fan of this because I've been rocking them this holiday season. Is the pistachio latte? Yes, I had three the other day. <laughs> okay. I went to the one in Barnes and Noble, and then I went to the one in Starbucks uh, in Target, and then I went back to the one at Barnes and Noble. Okay. I'm actually a little concerned about. Well, that is scary. Hold on. Favorite. This must it's have scary. been in yeah. the suburbs. You yeah, were not a, going. Okay, because I was, I was like, going to the Union <laughs> Square, Barnes and Noble, Starbucks, mm-hmm. then going to Barclays, Target, Starbucks. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, that would actually so be insane. Hopped on the B train. Um, no, but, you know, I needed energy because I've been, like, driving around trying to photograph a lot. And, you know, I just listen to my music and pile up the car. I don't know. It's boring. I mean, that's right. actually hilarious. I love that sort of excuse that you're making to just drive around and go to Starbucks. Where you're like, I'm actually a photographer and I need to find <laughs> different spaces that inspire me. So, yeah, there's a lot of drive throughs and there's a lot of pistachio lattes. Actually, none of these are drive through locations. You have to, like, get out and go in. No. Um, but you don't want to be, like, tired behind the wheel. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't want to be sleepy behind the wheel. That's one of the... Well, I got into my only car accident, I think, because I was sleepy behind the wheel once. (laughs) And I was borrowing my friend's car, and I had to, you know, classic thing, you had to move it. By this time, went through a stop sign, bam. T-boned. Had no coffee. 
I blame it on the no coffee. Yeah. T-boned sounds so violent. <laughs> well, <laughs> was your side T-boned or did you do the T-boning? I was going, he did the T-boning. He was speeding, honestly. But yeah, I mm-hmm. was, you know, the bone, I guess. And he was the T. We made a T. And uh, wait, and were you injured? No. But I had to pay back my friend on a payment, a very, uh, uh, what is that, Klarna afterpay payment plan you clarnet oh because you were driving alex's i was driving alex's car and uh the guy was he was so like you don't want to call the cops and i'm like sounds like you don't like even though i was in the wrong you don't want Mm. to call the cops for some reason and then he was like follow me let's go to a chase give me 200 dollars." honestly like i'm down i mean maybe it was a scam honestly yeah, because I was like, what's up with you? And he was like, I have a Jaguar, but it was like the most beat up Jaguar I've ever seen in my life. Sketchy. 200's not bad for that. Yeah, well, and I honestly, yeah, like I, a, I gave him figure. 150 and yeah. I told him I'd give him 50 later. And <laughs> later? Yeah. And he, <laughs> he just kept on <laughs> calling me and I ignored his calls. How badass. Yeah. You grifted on the, the grifter. Life on the road. So all, you were out 150 and that was it. Oh, but then you still have to pay for the repairs to the car. Which was like $1,200. Okay. So. Yeah, so I wasn't really out. All, all this is to say, get as many pistachio lattes as you can before you hit the road. Yeah. Because. Yeah, and I used to like not be able to sleep if I had like one coffee and now I just like pop like three Z-Quil gummies and I'm like fine. Z-Quil. Oh god, I feel like I worked on the branding for that. Gummies. That's like, they that's have gummies now? So not my vibe, but like I impulse bought them one day and I got to say it, it's uh, Wait, wait, wait. Ones. Is it is it like an over the counter or is it like a millennial brand that's DTC? Yeah, no. It's it's very over the counter. It comes like a purple jar, oh, okay. purple lid. Yeah. I get the ones that have like ashwagandha and melatonin in them. And you maybe grabbed these when you were photographing a CVS or something like that. Kind of one <laughs> of these. Tell us about this teddy bear. What what is with gays and your stuffed animals? Oh, um, this is Mr. Bear Jr. Well, who's uh, senior? Well, I'm getting to that. Okay, um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when I was like four years old, I was at like an antique store with my mom. There's there's a bigger version of him that's just Mr. Bear, and. I remember him like smelling like cinnamon. I love this bear. And I was like, mom, I need this teddy bear. And she's like, we can't afford it. And maybe I was three. Cause I don't really remember it that well, but I was like, if you have a credit card, you can just charge it. And then she did. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Wait, wow. This is the most, I think every gay man has this like canonic story of convincing his mom to buy something. And like, realizing that just like it's basically our job to get women to buy things like that's (laughs) that's like sort of hardwired into like gay dna it's just like women need to shop and we need to get them to shop it's not even hard yeah no it's not hard you know they need half a reason but you got to push them over the edge Mm -hmm. we're enabling each other really it's mutually beneficial hold on as a child nothing is more fabulous than the massive stuffed animal yeah I, I got a massive dog that I named Clifford sort of as like, because he was a St. Bernard, the, the stuffed dog was from FAO Schwartz. But, um, and ironically, the Clifford, the big red dog is a red dog. It wasn't a red dog, but I was like, oh, I'm kind of like sort of subverting the idea of like Clifford being rad by naming the St. Bernard Clifford. Um, and he is a life-size dog um, and he's still in my bedroom in Boston. <laughs> I feel like he's more than life-size. 
I mean, no, he's, I mean, he's human size, I guess is what I mean by life size. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mr. Bear's his own chair in my bedroom. It's like a rocking chair. It's a little demented, but I don't know. It's kind of cute. That's really sexual. It's very erotic to just see this bear in a rocking chair, like, waiting for you when you get home. But he's so nice. He's this little, like, bow tie that's, like, gingham. Do do y'all cuddle at night? No. Mr. Bear Jr. is never in the bed. He's on the couch. He's just looking fine over here. He's really public-facing, sounds like. Consumer-facing bear. Yeah, it's not about the comfort (laughs) of the bedroom. It's kind of... Yeah, I keep, yeah, I keep my stuffed animals in, in the boudoir. They're kind of for me and, and lovers to to cuddle with. Do I you brought have back, a bunch of them? I've got about, there's I think four or five in the bed right now. Okay. <laughs> so usually at night with my boyfriend, it's just like, there's actually sort of like a full family <laughs> in between us. <laughs> Big old National Geographic. Yeah, that's a little crowded, but I yeah. like it's it's nice to have a bit of a divider. Lily, you got any stuff? Well, I have. So I had a you know also not creatively name. I have my favorite stuffed animal was Mr. Lion, um, who I found in my dad's basement, and he was kind of my guy. He was fifty six years old. That was kind of his thing, and I brought it back to my apartment. But I was like, I don't know what I, I don't. I'm I'm not kind of. I don't want to have it on the bed, but I also don't want to throw him out. So I'm just like, guess I'll. Let me say let me say two things here. First of all, people who hold on to their childhood stuffed animals are more likely to be successful in their older age. Um, because oh, where did you learn that? I heard it somewhere, and it's true. Because I, I, it's true. Yeah. How true does that sound? Right. It's because it's like you recognize the value that that memory has that that an object has because you're imbuing it with power. Right. You realize that this isn't some sort of like it's not some family heirloom. It's not a fucking clock that like your mom said, oh, your grandfather, you know, like passed this down (laughs) at Ellis Island. It's like this is actually something that you have given meaning to and you and you understand the value of like giving meaning to your choices um, in life. Okay, I'll well, put it on. I mean, I also have a whole. Not, I mean, I have a loot of childhood nostalgia. So you know, I think that means. I guess I'm going to be really successful. But I also think some, it, there's, it requires a little bit of peek appeal. That oh, it's for kids. You know what I mean? Oh, you're you're pussy if you like need to cuddle with this thing. And it's like, no, actually, we all have, need to cuddle with some with an idea, right? Mm. And I'm just putting that idea into a physical object because I get that I have that need and I'm not suppressing it. Wait, speaking of family heirlooms, though, my lesbian aunt posted our family Bible yesterday, and it literally was as big as the Biden Bible. She was like, and in honor <laughs> of Biden's inauguration, here's the Kearney family Bible. And it was like the most psychotic, like nine feet wide. Okay, what's like, it say about the Bible she posted? It did look kind of new. Like, it didn't well, really... <laughs> <laughs> she was like... Okay, she said it was from, like, 1886, but she had it rebound. So I feel <laughs> like it, it was rebound at, like, a, a North Carolina boundary or something like that. Right, at, at, at just, like, like um, memories and tidings, and it's just, like, some random total yeah. fucking Karens, like, I feel re-boundary. like a total, yeah, craft Karen um, rebound it. So now it's kind of this new-looking, super vintage Bible. Anyway, I can't wait to pray with it. Um, I want to, yeah, I, I want to put my hand on that absolutely massive, like, PS5-sized Bible. If I ever go to court, <laughs> I want it, yeah, imported so I can <laughs> kind of do my oaths on it. 
I want to, yeah, I, w- I want to take an oath on uh, <laughs> Carrie Hatcher's memoir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of memoirs, congrats on your new podcast, Celebrity Book so Club. Thank you so much. I've listened to the, the first two episodes that are out, and I laughed, and I had a great time listening to it. In my car, by the way, on pistachio lattes. Oh, Wait. shit. That is so, yeah. that is exactly how I want That's to what we podcast. want. Yeah. Pistachio latte car. May Wait, I ask? Was it what? a Jetta? Yeah, what model? No, I have driving? a Honda HRV, but I did used to have a Volkswagen Golf when I was in college, an, but the engine exploded twice. An HRV? It's like a tiny it, crossover vehicle. It's built on the Honda Fit platform. It's very slow, <laughs> but it has all wheel drive and gets Wait, I, gas mileage. So come on, it's sensible. I'm just, so that I actually, Honda family, I have a Honda Fit. Oh, and, okay. And I read that they discontinued the Fit to cross with the CRV, and I guess you That's, have. This the sexy, yeah. Wow, the HRV. I mean, it's kind of where they call it the HRV because it's so close to HPV. It's like and HIV, yeah. Right. It's like <laughs> they do not have CRV. Was like fine, you know. Fit. It's so like d- jump in it, but yeah, HRV is a little is just like. <laughs> is that treatable? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we all have it. We just can't get like tested for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Honda sisters. I wish mine was all wheel drive. So it's kind of come in handy only because I got like plowed in in that blizzard a few weeks ago and oh, honey, really so did just I. shot right <laughs> out of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's really cool having a car in the city because you can leave it like very like quickly and easily. That's that is the thing about cars. You mm-hmm. don't have to go to Grand Central Station. No, or Port Authority bus terminal, which is what I used to have to do to get upstate. I mean, it does. It does sound nice, but it just the. I just can't commit. I'm sorry. I uh, the idea of having this huge piece of machinery that's hanging around my neck like a goddamn albatross. It just feels like a lot of work. It was daunting at first, but you get used to it, and now you only have to do um like the the assigned one day a week, one day a week instead of two, which is great because of pandemic parking rules yeah before you had to like move it twice a week and now it's like once a week that was overkill anyways who cares i know do the streets need to be that clean come on i think they realize that they really don't it's like they're gonna be dirty anyway it's like (laughs) do the streets need to be clean more often than my apartment you know what i mean it's like (laughs) that's not tracking i i bought an air purifier at, at target uh, so are I'm these all kind to, of pre- purchase. these pandemic kind of better your life self-care purchases hrv air purifier is this kind dry of dry january better? yeah no you're I looking love, at a whole new me this is my year you're speeding you're you're pure <laughs> as hell on the inside well Does i the notice air- how quickly my apartment gets dirt like dusty and i just well, feel like i'm breathing does it, does it actually all day. does it work to reduce dust I haven't turned it on yet, but I took it out of the box. <laughs> okay. Little by little, baby yeah, steps. Step by step. I mean, I, I do a I do a dry, I do what I call a dry clean um, sometimes, um, which is vacuum and Swiffer, but no, when I, uh, Swiffer uh, duster, but no, mm-hmm. no wet stuff, no wet work. Yeah. Um, I try to do that like once a week. Um, and sometimes I'll even do a Swiffer dust in between because as you know, a New York apartment is a magnet for dust. And mm-hmm. especially on a black electronic, oh my God, you know, it's oh right after God. three days. Mm-hmm. And so I always, you know, as a someone of allergy experience, like, yes, I'm allergic to dust. Like, 
And so you want to get rid of that. But I'm very curious to see if this sort of sharper image tower that's rotating in the corner is going to be able to suck up all the dust in your house because I'm I to me that doesn't really seem believable. So I have a cleaning client who that I've had for years and years and always every time I go there like it's some shock to me she tells me that her husband's office is dirty like I'm going to be you know jaw on the floor like it hasn't been every month for like the last 10 years and they, there's an air purifier in there and they like are always like checking in with me about the air purifier being like so like do you think it's like working and, and just be like, <laughs> yeah, like, do you love it? And I want like, you to validate their purchase. Yeah. Just being like, should I change out the filter? And I'm just like, look, sure. I'm sure it's doing something like at the end of the day though, like it, there's still going to be dust. It's not a fix it, you know? Right. Um, and I see it on the floor making. Did, little... I guess I'm wondering as someone who cleaned this apartment for a year is you saw a pre-filter apartment and you saw a post like Nothing you see a has, difference no well, to me, oh, so that that's it then. yeah that's a condemnation of the entire industry like but it's also an extremely tiny room filled with about two thousand books on the holocaust so <laughs> it's like yeah maybe there's 10 percent there that of that dust from all the old holocaust books that are like it's right. a little bit better, but to my maid eyes, I'm just like, well, I still have to go in here and like Swiffer all these books and, and vacuum. Yeah, it doesn't prevent you from having to regularly Swiffer. So. Yes, it's not preventing the Swiffer, but it may, you know, improve some air quality. When the pandemic like hit, were you still working as a cleaner? I was, and then like- It, it actually stopped. hit because she wasn't cleaning enough. Yeah. If you had <laughs> worked a little harder, Lil, you could have stopped this whole thing. Yeah, change those filters. I really could, and it really was something how just like the week before the levels of like paranoia and of like you realize how much like we just had no idea like this one office was just being like hey okay so like because of this virus thing we're just like wiping down the fridge like let's just make sure to kind of wipe down the fridge a little bit more and then like one client would be like <laughs> so are like people having you like clean with like gloves on like gloves just being so like, this is ridiculous yeah that was a wild couple weeks in february where we, were all, <laughs> we were all just like oh my god everyone's being so weird so weird and then lockdown and then instantly yeah like no clients and then the first person to be like are you still cleaning i would say like at the end of may or like early may was like the oldest person i cleaned for <laughs> was like please come into my home did anyone still pay you even though you weren't working? Because I remember like a lot of like blue checks on Twitter were like, guys, everyone still needs to pay their mate. Like, I'll tell you this an and, I'll, and I'll, I'll drop a big name here because I want to shout them out. And guess what? No one listens to this podcast anyways. So, so it doesn't matter. You know, rip. Who, you know who paid me? Eileen fucking Miles. Oh, nice. Um, So got to give it to them. And then another lesbian client. And then the air purifier people, they also definitely like read a New York Times article that was like, hey, you're made. Hey, you're made. Your, <laughs> hey, your, hey, your so I definitely did. And then I feel like half of them did like send me a check. And then my most like cuckoo, insane Upper East Side heiress just sent me like a really long spiraling email being like, are you dying, darling? 
but like no check in the mail. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Lord. Yeah. So the richest heiress who lives in a full duplex didn't send you money, but like cro- who lives the, literally across from the Met didn't send you money. The lesbian poet who lives in like a disgusting bathtub from 1871. <laughs> and and, and Miles is not rich. Like Miles is cheaper rent than all of us. You know, I think. Well, but is but I feel like she has saved money by not paying rent over the past like thirty years. Well, Michelle has a house in Marfa, but yeah, she's destitute with her house in Marfa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I'm reading in in poet from her scale of fame. No, it's true. To yeah, how much money she has in the bank? I'm, yeah, I'm sure there are numbers there that are not in my bank account. But, you know, no one got into poetry to make the big bucks. Well, and she says in her new book that she signed for me. Um, Just being like, you're stuck with all my signed books now. Sorry. Um, Wrote this, like, book that it's, like, about how, I guess, poets don't make any money until they sell their archive. And their archive of, like, notes and letters and scrapbooks and matchbooks. Mm. So all of us... This is the time we need to save all save of our little... Save the archives. Save the archives, because when we're 70, maybe, you know, who knows? I Sarah mean, I, Lawrence. I do feel it. like that 22-year-old poet who, like, went so viral at the inauguration, I'm sure she is going to be in a lift ad next week, and she's probably going to be waking <laughs> it in. Yeah, and you're going to, like, write the copy for it. <laughs> <laughs> No, okay, being a poet is, is so tough. I just bought one. I was getting my pistachio latte at Barnes & Noble. <laughs> Actually, it's sitting right here. Lana Del Rey's poetry book is already 50% off. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. So we need to do that as like a bonus app. We, I, well, I think we should do a poetry app of like that and the jewel book. I think the yeah. two of them could be a good, a double, a double header. Right. Not that poetry doesn't deserve an hour. But um... isn't. No. <laughs> Wait, so how, are you loving Alana? Is it? Um, I'm probably not going to read it because I love sure. the spoken word album so much. It's you have to listen to it. It's beautiful. And I, you know, I've never been one Alana gay, and I feel like it's like right. you either are or you aren't. And yeah, it's not that true. I don't like listen if the music's on. I'm like, yeah, this is nice and like quiet or whatever. <laughs> but it's just it's never been a thing that I'm just like everyone be quiet it, Lana's on you know I'm a Taylor I'm a Swifty so that's just sort of where I live yeah like okay. I like Lana but I'm not dying for it you know mm-hmm. my, I feel like my girlfriend's blasting it I'm like okay but yeah not hungry for it but love spoken word I would say it's I almost unique, got into special. comedy through spoken word yeah agreed I would use my fake ID. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There was this. <laughs> there was this place in Cambridge that actually pandemic closed down. RIP called the Cantab Lounge. You know, and it was a real place of the past where old people, eccentrics, young folks all get together upstairs. A band called the Chicken Slacks would play, <laughs> and and every week downstairs was like this spoken word night. Um, that I would use my fake ID to get into. And we go and see these, you know, really prototypical, like, you know, the kind of people who you see all over Twitter today, like they didn't have a Twitter back then, you know, all these anarchists and punks (laughs) and people wearing Doc Martens and they would get up on stage and read their poetry and we were just, you know, agog. We were mesmerized. I remember, I performed there once, remember? Oh my God, I forgot. Now I... That was like a, that was one of the first times I was ever like on a stage. Well, I mean, besides like being in school um, plays and musicals. Oh, oh, at that time, yeah, okay. <laughs> but you know, 
this was like one of the first times that I was like, you know, read read an original work in front of an audience. What was the piece like? Do you remember? Oh, I, I were, well, it was kind of in my canon for a little while, but it was a spoken word piece that I wrote. Okay, actually, now I'm thinking, okay, I was in college at this point. Yeah, I think we were like going in high school, then maybe returned. We kind of returned post to like be kind of like badasses, like going back to our old stopping grounds. Yeah. And then I read a piece that I'd written about um, living in Amsterdam because I studied there abroad. Um, <laughs> and it was sort of like uh, kind of a tongue in cheek piece about the sex work industry, but also politics, but also media. Um, I'm a huge media studies critic. But ultimately it was about going abroad, studying abroad. Right. Which is basically what my entire life is about. Um, <laughs> being a study abroad girl. I, I miss going to spoken word. You know, when this, when we, when we get that vaccine, find me at the new Eureka. Okay. Well, it, you, you know, <laughs> spoken word used to be a thing. I mean, I feel like it's now there's so much, there's so many little fucking annoying well, that's like Instagram poetry. And it's right, Instagram like, poetry. It's a reading. It's like all these fucking like, d- like, you know, su- readings of like people just being so boring and like meek and like doing their meek little readings at some gallery at 7 p.m. And it's like spoken word supposed to be fucking badass and like loud and nasty, you know? Well, it's very 90s. And like, I feel like the 2000s were became a reading place and you know, Deaf Poetry Jam, Saul Williams. Yeah. And I, I think that, and all the all the reading people made fun of, I feel like, whatever the kind of the cheesiness of the spoken word. And it's right, like Right. And it's like, well, who's the real cheesy one? Yeah. With your little fucking moleskin. Yeah. I just had a montage play in my mind of all the like readings that I've participated <laughs> in, which is like <laughs> sorry. Astonishing <laughs> that I've I've done like five to ten <laughs> i used to like write stuff no i mean it's, I don't, no, it's, no, it's, this is an anti-writing stuff sure i've 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 read it a reading yeah we've all done a reading i'm pro reading i guess i'm just what i'm anti is sort of is the meekness and the like sorry um oh is it uh, is it me uh, oh, um so this is a poem is there, um it's about me it's going but um uh, i guess I'll, you, i guess i just you, have you ever accidentally gone to the queer poetry night at the Metropolitan back in old life? By any no. chance? No, I mean, I, I've seen some like really sloppy shows there, but never poetry. It was always around like happy hour when I would like meet up with friends and it was just, I would have to leave. I couldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> because you like weren't allowed to laugh. Like it was like, you get the church giggles. I couldn't control myself in many yeah. ways. And I just... It just was better in many for ways. You could, I laughed. You could. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't like you know. I like to talk during things too, so I you know I don't want to be rude, so I I would yeah. excuse myself. Oh, yeah. respectful. Yeah, yeah. You're a man well, of respect. It's not like honor. it's like when there's a drag queen who's gonna sass you for talking, but it's like these meek little poets are like they're actually gonna be just like <laughs> so hurt, and they like will spiral into depression for six months, like based on you laughing <laughs> at them once at this reading. Yeah, it's like it's stuff that's like so deeply personal that like I guess it's cathartic to read out loud, but like no one should ever be an audience member for something like that. It's just it's it's like a hostage situation. Yeah. 
That's a really accurate description. Yeah. And also this podcast is very like anti-literacy. I don't really encourage. Anti-literacy, get, yeah. Get a good book with a good cover like Lana Del Rey's poetry book and just move it around the apartment. I, I totally agree. And I know that we do have a podcast now that is about, about reading books. books. But I, have, I, yeah. <laughs> I make the exception because I think celebrity memoirs are really like, they don't really have a lot to do with typical books. And so I think it's okay to read them. Like I do mm-hmm. find typical books to be incredibly mind-numbing and annoying and like there's such so much work and like reading them is just it's 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 not just tiresome but it's like tiresome to hear about other people reading books like I don't I don't want all of that but I think celebrity members are kind of like exempt from that because they're like <laughs> they're silly and... describe your podcast it's tiresome to hear about people reading books <laughs> no but again I'm saying I I, I not, no, I, I see your point. Don't I make, you know. It's not the definition of books. Like people aren't talking about just like the way she writes is so it's so illuminating. It's like no one says that about a celebrity. Memoir. That reminds me the worst class I've ever yeah. taken is my, the, a queer theory class I took in college. One, I honestly, I, I truly, I feel like what I didn't have any thoughts in my brain during. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like I, we were talking about. Co and blah 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 and people talking about the philosophy and I was kind of like, what are y'all talking about? So you guys are just sort of like making shit up. Yeah. Like, what, who cares? And okay, I was so like, okay, what the what's all this philosophy? Can we talk about like who we fuck? You yeah. know, what I mean? yeah. Yeah. right? Like. Um, well, you're being very Jenny season four to Tina. Tina loves me. It's not about who you but for. It's about who you What What's it like having a podcast that gets media attention? I, 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 I wouldn't know personally. Um, <laughs> um, well, have you tried getting a publicist? Yeah. I? Yes. I, I mean... I, I, I don't know how, how if that's going to feel like, you know, hard or triggering for you to kind of like go out and, and start that process. But well, I've never um, even thought about it. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, the classic route to media is the publicist. Interesting. Yeah. But you could also try getting a distributor, um, getting production help. Um, mm. working with collaborators. Do you like other people at all? No, I, I don't like working with other people. I do everything over here by myself and I, okay. I prefer it that way. Yeah. I mean, You're I kind of this that. lone wolf. Yeah. I mean, I love that. Very much. I, so, guess, yeah. I guess I would say that the advantage, the way that you're doing it is not having this hoopla and this sort of corporate backing um, is that you get to do the Patreon and you get to have the people who feel like they're getting let in on a special punk badass world. And then they pay mm-hmm. you for that privilege. The pistachio, you know, it's your pistachio world. We're just sipping in it. Right. Yeah. I just I hate see- emailing. I don't want to get an email. I don't like people even like suggesting that I do something. You know what I mean? Are you, can I, <laughs> I mean, I assume you're raking it in on Patreon. Um, we I'm talk like, numbers? Well, I mean, it's public information. Uh, yeah, I like, I can pay my rent with the pod. Okay, are you, like, you're Wait. literally complaining? Like, that's insane. That's insane. We have not made a cent. I have never I was going to ask. I have never made money doing comedy in my entire life. Like, never, except for, like, 150 bucks off the bar at Asia Roma. Like, <laughs> that's, that's as much money, like, oh, as, like I don't I've know. ever made. Some, Their some calamari calls. was really expensive, though. Some tall calls. There were some $200 checks there that I got, personally. 
Okay, okay, yeah, $200. Eric must like, have written that. <laughs> for, okay, yeah, but like $200 for like doing a show that took like three months to practice. Oh, not, no, 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 because then carry the two, you're dividing it. It's like you were actually not, making... That's not really paying rent. <laughs> three, three, three fifty an hour. Yeah. Um... Like I like Dan, like that's insane. Like you are may, making. Can, money. May I ask any you know, New York question, Fran Leibowitz? You know, I I personally like to talk about money and yeah, a lot of rent. Man, what's your rent? Uh, eleven hundred. Damn! So you're making eleven hundred a month with the pod. Do you have a roommate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's so insane. I've never made that much money for any project ever. Like not any writing gig, nothing. Have I? I've never made that much money in my life, or in comedy. Oh, my chosen career. Okay, interesting. I was assuming that you'd was there. I guess there aren't really ads in your. No, not yet. I mean, we're working towards ads. We're I mean, working uh, towards ads, but like, hopefully, there'll be them soon. But I don't know, you know. And how much are we going to see of that? It's like we get a cut that the of the production company, which gets a cut of the it splits we're it with splitting like three um, ways. You know, it's by the time it gets down to us, it's the water down to like this ten percent share. So, Have you ever no. seen the TLC behind the music? It's kind of like that, you know. Yeah. They, gave, they gave him all this money. You know, they gave him Jeep Wranglers, and then they said, "You know what? Pay us back for that Jeep Wrangler." Yeah. That's, you want to know how much money we make for Interview Magazine? This much. That's uh, so unfortunate because. That column is so funny. It's the only thing I read, actually. Like, actually, uh, actually like uh, fully read the, the full thing. My, I can like actually pay start attention. Start to finish. To yeah, wow. that's a huge compliment. Um, oh, I love that part of the Andre Agassi map. I like that that you covered that book because I was uh, I played tennis in high school. I was like, oh, tennis team. Wait, um, get out of town. Yeah, I mean, tennis was like a loser sport in my town. It was like tennis and bowling. We're just like oh, for like the D listers. Yeah, <laughs> but I was king of the D list because uh, <laughs> the A list guys were playing like football and baseball, football and basketball too. Yeah, sure, all the hits. Yeah, um, but yeah. What was the part? Oh, uh, uh, Andre Agassi wore like Oakleys on some magazine cover, and Dodge sent him a Viper. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and yeah. <laughs> without warning, just he's like, "What's that sound?" And it's like a massive truck unloading like a sexy Dodge Viper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually what happened to me if my Honda fit. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Carvana saw... just surprised me. <laughs> yeah, Car- <laughs> Carvana. <laughs> <laughs> What's that sound? It's the Carvana <laughs> tow truck. No, no it's so insane because it's like he got the for beat on the cover of Test Magazine. It's just like when my like skincare tweet went viral, I still <laughs> I still had to like make hay about not getting products just to get pro- like just to get like a cream from like this random Korean skincare brand. It's like I still had to like kind of beg just to like literally get a cream. And it's like he didn't have to say shit. And Dodge was like, oh, or no. Oakley was like, here's a Dodge. Here's just actually, no. they didn't even send him free glasses. They were like, here's just actually something really cool that you would like as a thank you. It's so Epic. wild. Things were so much different. Magazines, uh, just visual culture, I guess. Because you have to like, you know, look at stuff in like a grocery store. Also like singular sports are so random, like with sponsorships. Like there was this super boring ki- kid that was in my friend group in high school because another person in my friend group had a crush on him, Sam, this guy named Sam Walker. Anyway, and he was like a mountain biker. <laughs> and it's just like, it's like he was famous at all. And he was like, yeah, like I'm sponsored by like Oakley and Patagonia or something like that. And I was like, what? 
Yeah, as you say, singular sports are totally weird. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, where it's like you just get to be sponsored to be on a team. I knew a kid, Matt Phillippe, whose father is still my stockbroker. Oh, no, okay. no, okay. it's just sort of a name. It's kind of a Boston-y kind of name. Yeah, Philippi, oh. it's like, it's not Italian, but it sounds it. There's, be, a, I... there's a female broadcaster in the Boston area whose name is Hank Philippi Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Philippi Ryan? Hank Philippi Ryan, um, which has always oh kind of God. filled me. But he, um, yeah, he was like an extreme skier when we were in high school and was just like sponsored by Dina Star and like, you know, Red Bull and like so many other things just to like, go fucking wild the fuck out in Colorado and, like, have fun. Fuck yeah. I wanted to be, like, an a contender in the X Games so bad, but really could never <laughs> do any what? X Games. Yeah, for what? Well, BMXing? I, yeah, BMXing. But, I knew it. But, of course, my level of BMXing was just mountain biking at Girl Scout Camp in Cape Cod. I didn't really get to, <laughs> I didn't get to BMX level. Like, there's nothing more badass than a big kid on a small bike, you know? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking like a Yoo-Hoo, because it's like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, the pistachio latte of yesteryear. I mean, the whole X Games culture is very Yuho, you know? There's something very kid about it. It's Mountain Dew, but... It's Mountain Dew. It's like, yeah, like, my mom lets me have whatever snacks I want. Like, <laughs> right. sort of the extent of the rebellion that X Games permits. Yeah, like the pizza combo snacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, like, you're that badass and your mom, like, is scared of you. Kind of almost in a way of Steven's... Sounds like actually both of you. Your mom was, your moms were scared. What is this gay kid tantrum? Like, let me just get the stuffed animal. Let me just get the vanilla, like, you know, strawberry ice cream because I don't want to deal with the tantrum. I don't want him to cause a scene in this. Thank you for correcting yourself on my preferred flavor of ice cream (laughs) in high school, which absolutely was Briar's strawberry ice cream. Along with Miller wafers, Mountain Dew Code Red, Gushers, etc. Cool Are you guys going to do any episodes about like extreme sports people? Oh, well, we Tony just, Hawk has a mem. I'd, I'd love to get into Hawk. As you know, I'm a big, I actually just recently purchased the Tony Hawk um, remaster for PS4 um, of one and two. I don't know. Fuck yeah. Oh. Did you play video games as a kid, Dan? I would play, yes, but I would do things like a little bit differently. Like I would have, <laughs> I played two games. I would play Grand Theft Auto 3 and this like British game called The Getaway. But, like, yeah. I would just drive a car like I was, like, a citizen and I wouldn't do any of the missions. <laughs> and I would, like, obey, like, traffic, like, <laughs> laws and shit. Just, like, <laughs> just going straight. Just, like, driving around. Yeah. It's actually incredibly hard to obey traffic laws in those games. Like, mm. you really have to work to, like, drive slow and, like, follow the stoplights and, like, not yeah. run people over. Um, mm-hmm. That's actually, that. in a weird way, that was your fucking rebellion. You were, yeah. like... <laughs> Okay, I feel like that could be a really successful. You should pitch that as a game. It's actually just like you have to drive like really conservatively. It's this totally like blue pilled like Biden era game where you just <laughs> yeah. like follow every law <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like respectfully wave to police officers on your way on your way to drop off your kids at school. Signal for a really long time before you like switch lanes on the highway. You can make citizens arrest for anyone that's like a Confederate <laughs> yeah. flag on their car. <laughs> hey, that car! 
um, in the town where the my Karen dad was, simulator. In the, town, <laughs> the Karen game. Karen will be like Karen's driving school or something like that. Oh yeah, fucking badass. <laughs> and it paid off because now look at you. You're in your HRV, respectfully Zip, driving zipping around. Yeah. You get a lot of speeding tickets, or what kind of driver are you? No, I mean, I'm a good driver. I've gotten one speeding ticket, but I was like a teenager. I was doing like 66 and a 30, but it was a back road, and I thought it was 55, and my friend Wait, this literally, like, you're actually quoting a Sam Hunt song. Right I know, now. I just... <laughs> Wait, what? I'm doing 15 and a 30. I don't know Sam Hunt has this song called... Um, Back road, uh, b- body like, like a back road, body like a back, back road, road, driving oh. with my ass closed. But he's like talks about doing fifteen and a thirty because it's about like going slower than you need to because you know your your tiny nurse girlfriend's curves so well. It's funny a lot of country oh. songs, they're not actually about like speeding. It's all no. about slowing down. It's always like I'm taking the back road. Like I'm gonna it's know a, honestly, behind me. It's like, about being present, you know? And yeah. I think that's one of the beautiful things about country music culture is it's like it's not this go go like downtown urban east like girl boss world where you're just trying to like pass the world by to get to where you're going. It's like let's take let's take some stuff. I think it was Tim McGraw in, in some song. He said, you know, you can have as much fun in your New York minute, but you know Right. Meet me down by the barn or whatever. This right. famous quote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you see Garth Brooks perform at the inauguration? Uh, I, I didn't see I, it, but okay, I, I yeah, I turned off. I I thought that was so tender and beautiful. Like it was that was like the surprise of the day for me. Like I, you know, everyone else was a little like, okay, obviously they booked this person, and then like they kind of underdelivered a little, or they were like Gaga was obviously nervous. You know what I mean? But then mm-hmm. Garth Brooks comes out totally unexpected gave this really tender rendition of Amazing Grace. I, I thought it was just, it was beautiful. Well, and not to be so corny here, but it actually is, it truly, you know, actually is a risk for a country singer to do that in Og. Yeah. And I think Garth, obviously, he's just like a quadrillionaire. Well, so he not, can but he's it. not a current star, though, so it's not like, yeah, but it's I, not well, the same kind of risk. He doesn't have like a an album that just dropped that he's worried about like those rednecks not buying you know what i mean well okay but i watched like i started his netflix doc and i guess like he came out with some music video that was like the most biden message in like 91 that was just called like we are the world or whatever and it was about holding hands and everyone was just like you fucking fag (laughs) (laughs) and he got like slammed for it and it was just like didn't even it was like after the Rodney King riots and right. he was trying to be like let's hold hands and people were just like right, yeah I mean I I, I mean I I agree I do feel like every cheesy like Olympics let's hold hands song is just like an absolute like embarrassment to anyone who makes yeah it's it. so embarrassing I'm not saying like it was a risk but like for him personally it probably felt like a risk I was also obsessed that it was like he was still just so like wearing just like the widest um faded jeans black button down blazer just the yeah. jeans blazer country but I, you know i like everyone's be, it's like j-lo obviously came out in this insane like all white outfit how could, she would never wear anything else you know or, what i mean no, mm-hmm. she, she legally cannot she, wear anything uh, else that was like it was like spangly and white and like had so much just like so many like belly chains like on the outside of a suit and then, you know, Gaga was herself and was insane. And uh, and then, yeah, Garth was him. And he was representing, like, you know, the sort of 
the heartland. Katy Perry, according, according to uh, Biden, Katy Perry's oh, firework made me like physically ill to watch that video. It okay, was that was so weird. That was crazy. So it recalled the the Republican National Convention, which I don't know if you saw, but at the end there was also a fireworks display that was like so psychotic, where it's like the, and Trump had it like at the White House, and it was like all of DC is like engulfed in smoke, and you're like, this actually looks like a war, and right. this one was even crazier. It was I was like, psychotic. I've never. It was like if they're actually if the fucking like MAGA people were doing a war right now, like you wouldn't even be able to tell. There was like full. It looked like actually Baghdad was happening. No, like, it looks like when that like fireworks factory exploded in like yeah, Lebanon over the and summer. like yeah, and like it looks like an like, accident. It was like, this is not safe. This is not right. Like, I felt like Kamala was there just being like, uh, should we go back inside? Like, this actually Her husband not... was, like, freaking out, looking around. He looked like when, uh, when like, those balloons dropped and Hillary was, like, looking around. There's, like, there's, like a gif of her. Oh, yeah. Just, like, ooh. Yeah. Um, that was not bad. okay. <laughs> I also, I do have to say, it was really smart of Katy Perry to write a song called Firework. That could literally just be used be for used like, anything. for any event for just like the next fifteen years. Just like oh, it's just an event song. It's kind a- of the the when Clintons use the the Fleetwood Mac, whatever. Don't stop thinking about don't tomorrow's. Stop. <laughs> Speaking about tomorrow, I remember don't. being in the back of my dad's Jeep. That song blasting. In 1992? 1992. We're going to a frame store. We're going to dry cleaning, you know. <laughs> that, yeah. that song. Okay, I didn't I didn't catch, even though I was so excited, how was the new Radicals performance? Did you guys Wait, see it? I didn't see that. Oh no, I didn't see it either. I completely I feel forgot like about it. I completely forgot about that too. You're, this is the everyone first time. was talking about it on everyone Twitter. Everyone was talking it was about exhausting. it. Then. No, it must have not happened. Otherwise, people would be talking about it on Twitter today. It must have gotten canceled. No, no, no. I walked and I like YouTube part of it or something. And the guy is kind of like still wearing the hat he wore in the video, but is also like so old now. That you know that used to be that was one of my first CDs. That was in my Iowa six CD changer, mm. and. This, the fir- that's the second track on the CD, but the first track is like this random girl saying, make my nipples hard, let's go. And that's the very first like audio of the CD. And I would like, I, my alarm, we used the system, whatever. So for like a good two yeah. years of my teenage years, I woke up to make my nipples hard, let's go. And that was my own like little mini rebellion of like feeling Oh, badass. Yeah. Sexual revolution happened. And I yeah. wondered, that's actually, I have very sensitive nipples today, sexually. And is I wonder it all if that's, mental? It's completely psychosomatic and it's because of that song. They really define the kind of the vh1 one hit wonders because i mean them i feel like them len steal my sunshine oh, yeah. like they just they did not have any other singles but that song new radicals out that will pop me up any day so yeah you know well, bless bless to that guy uh it's one of those you know i think listing kind of like Capitalist enemies was like a big kind of theme. Huge, like corny loving Marilyn Manson. to your mansions, come around, we'll kick your ass in. Like that, you know, that to me is in the same category as the end of train spotting, you know, when it's like the washing mm. machine, the garage, the car, you know what I mean? There was like, there was a moment of just listing things and that, well, that we was. Didn't, right, REM, we didn't start the fire, you know. Right, we, uh, and so like, that kind of defined our, I think, our generation's like a cab roots was just like the radicals are a cab, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like also a lot of those like late nineties one hit wonders. They were like 
all these probably like more like danger flagpole Sitter was buried up they were like more punk bands that then like had a breakout like hit and then no one else like wanted the rest of the shit on their album because it wasn't right. like fucking, fucking commercial fucking enough, poppy enough. <laughs> yeah <laughs> sellouts <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike your favorite bands, which like never went big because like they weren't fucking sellouts. <laughs> well, no, I, 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 of course was solid. I loved Blink. You know, they were. I remember that's back to the X Games, watching them play at the X Games concert on MTV, and I was like, "Fuck, I need a pair of Dickies." This is that. making me want to play Tony Hawk. Do y'all mind if I just game for the rest of this? <laughs> I do, I'm just gonna boot up. Let's take a break. <laughs> let's let's twitch this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take this shit to Twitch. Um, um, speaking of bands, in your notes, just to bring those up for a second, I had yeah, no yeah. idea that Michelle Branch married the guy from the Black Keys, like Kate Hudson's ex. Um, no, oh, I'm, 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 dark the black guy. I'm thinking of the Black Crows. Yeah, she dated oh. the guy from Black Crows. She dated the guy from Almost Muse. I also want to say, and now oh. and maybe like Snow Patrol. All those random. She bands. actually wow. always has a new husband, and it's a little bit just yeah. like I need you to calm down. Well, she's so family bed too. Like she's, she's family bed, like, and she's always like, I love my big blended family of like eleven kids, and they are all <laughs> yeah. like have Instagrams, and they're all like blonde and like fake models. It's like a big, big <laughs> hats. Um, the Black Keys, but the Black Keys are like another type of like white rock band that they're like being like we're a little bit soul. Is that correct? Yeah. Where um, they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very like uh, very like the darkness. Is that a yeah? Well, yes. Yeah. Yes, that they, is. <laughs> okay. Well, they start off as like kind of like a simple like duo, and then eventually they they're in like commercials and stuff. It's like almost it's like teetering on like the millennial whoop, but not quite. But that's kind of where they're at now. But yeah, YouTube suggested that I watch this Joe Rogan interview with a guy about how like the music industry is bullshit. And I was like yeah. looking him up, and it, he's had a few wives before, but he married Michelle Branch last year and i just watched her like soho like apartment tour on youtube also oh, wait, which she's wait, had hold that's the most insane video oh wait no i'm thinking wait, of I'm vanessa, about vanessa wait, carlton. No, no, you're talking about vanessa carlton oh fuck yeah i get those okay. two confused because vanessa yeah. carlton is married to this indie guy from that band yeah. Dear, Dear tech oh all right. Yeah, wait, okay, this is very your podcast, I feel. <laughs> just like to doesn't say make that, sense. To say that Michelle Branch <laughs> is dating the guy from the Black Keys and you actually meant to say Vanessa Carlton is dating the guy from Dear t- No, and, oh. <laughs> maybe they're both, okay, but that, let's just say Vanessa Carlton's fucking apartment tour was absolutely crazy. <laughs> Everything was just was. so like, this is a vintage Edison lamp um, I found from this awesome maker and my kids love it. <laughs> Um, this used to be a sewing table, and now it's just a table. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and she's she, like, um, the windows are at different heights, which I think is kind of cool. <laughs> You're just like, oh, my God. And then it's, you do a little yeah. research. She hasn't lived there in years, and she just rents it out. Like, someone posted, like, the Airbnb listing. Uh, well, because it's so Airbnb. She goes into a bedroom, and it's just like, ah, oh, I love this bedroom. I love, like, how it's, like, fluffy, and, like, you can see, like, um this corner of a different Soho building. And then she goes to another bedroom, and she's like, so this is actually, yeah, the master. And you're kind of like, is this a hotel? Like, I don't feel like you're sleeping in either of these bedrooms. So that makes so much sense that. Can yeah, you, there's, like, there's no personal belongings in the house, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Okay. Well, um, although I do dating. feel like uh, that's a lot of people, though. I think a lot of celebrities, especially, are kind of psycho. Where it's just like, where is your shit? Where it's yeah. just like, do you not own anything? Because everything looks like a book that was put here that hasn't been touched. But it's like, not that I'm so like pro. I need the book. I need like a spine check where I'm like, you're sure, crazy proof, about books, proof. both of you. <laughs> we're book, but we're like, oh, we hate books. It's just, do you guys uh, read like other books besides celebrity memoirs often, or? So I, you know, I know Stephen has this whole rant about he he hates fiction, um, but I like to read this novel. It comes out monthly. It's called it's called Cosmopolitan Magazine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I read that, which essentially um, is fiction. Let's, let's yeah, be that is fiction. <laughs> um, they recently start had a whole section on Polly, how being Polly. So it's really changed. Oh. Do they mention like polycules and stuff like that? Yeah, it's like polycules. They have, I was trying to see even this, they have this whole pro con list about like what it's like to be poly where it's like pro, like you don't have to go to a jazz night anymore con. Like you're going to spend a lot of time processing. <laughs> God, processing meetings. It sounds like a thrill ride. Um, and honestly, like that's not wrong. Yeah, no, it was very correct. But, you know, I feel like I'll read... When I go fiction, it's because it's, like, lesbian. And it's... Yeah. Like... Does you know. Cosmos still give out these, like, weird sex tips like they used to when we were growing up? Because I'm still traumatized from, like, some of the shit I read, like, too young. Like, I still remember there was one that was, like, to give a guy, like, a really good hand job, wrap a pearl necklace around his member and, like, use an ice cube. And I'm like, what? Yeah, they still, but they're, like, self, they kind of make fun of themselves now. Like, they uh-huh. posted, like, a recap where they did years of blowjob tips. And it was, <laughs> like... Every it was like in 1978, like grab three donuts, put his dick through the donuts, <laughs> like start licking the frosting, spit out the frosting, <laughs> like like put your teeth around like the left of his balls, like. They- <laughs> <laughs> And now it's like now it's poly advice. It's honestly half astrology. Um, I mean, and now it's like text no, and make sure you can get consent to flirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like they're so dirty. Like it's, you know, there's vibrator reviews. Well, but they're also like now they're so non-binary. They're just like, so like take your partner's member if they have a member and like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and, and enjoy the member like using your like top orifice. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, right. okay. so, like And if you are a person who does have penetrative sex um with <laughs> consent then this is a position for you called the fire drill yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> and this is biden's <sighs> world baby biden world. if you're a person if you're a person of mouth experience like do like engorge the member but <laughs> if not no worries Here's an amazing website. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some don't. No. Um, What celebrities don't have memoirs that you guys would like die to read? Dan Allegretto. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, no, I didn't mean to laugh so maniacally. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to see it. Starbucks to Starbucks, the Dan Allegretto story. I guess I want to. I want to see more. Like, I mean, today we were just saying, like, I want more advertising exec memoirs. Like, there's only one, Mm. but I'm kind of like, 
I would, I would love Let's like see Gelman's. Where's memoir. fucking Gelman's Ooh. memoir? And you know, I mean, I could probably write a lot of it, but I <laughs> just start writing it. No, no, the Terry years, yeah, yeah. Write Gelman's. Uh, honey, memoir. I was there. <laughs> um, write her memoir, then just send it to her, but like not downloadable, and be like, "What do you want for this?" Wow. I mean, oh god, that makes me think of that memoir that we found, that diary. But we won't talk about that. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I would You're like. About, I think Martha Stewart. You know. Yes, because there's all these like unauthorized biographies of her. Like, I would love to see that. The real, I, you know. I would also, but I would love to see just like the what's her name, like Sarah Blakely, like you know, the inventor of Spanx. Like, where's her memoir? Like, I would love <laughs> yeah. to see Shark like, Tank royalty. Yeah. Yeah. Can we you get know? a Mark J- Mark Jacobs? Yeah. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be really good with all of his math issues and the porn stars and the deaths. And yeah, and the boys else. and the models. I'd love Abby Lee Miller to write one and just describe her like crushing loneliness. Oh my God. That would be, if she could like get real. Yeah. You know? I think that'd be and hard is she for her, still in I... prison? What? No, no, she's out. She did like a year. Um, are you guys Dance Moms fans? Do you? I've you seen it? some apps. So I, okay. I watched I've, I've... like all of season four or whatever because like there was that hilarious, that insane clip of her backing out of the theater in the wheelchair. Oh right! When <laughs> she goes to the police station, I was like, wait, that like caused me to watch a full season, but I don't really know the rest <laughs> of the canon. Yeah, I've been a fan since day one. I've seen every episode of every season. I mean, and there was a really good insane. Lifetime special that I need to rewatch. It's like before she goes to jail. Uh, like follows her around for the last uh, few days leading Ooh. up to it, and she's eating macaroni salad out of a Tupperware with her bare hands, like when they're pulling up to jail, and it's oh my wow. god! I mean, yeah. macaroni salad is she has I a would, napkin uh, in her hand, she's scooping it out with a napkin, but then she's eating it out of the napkin like a paw. Yeah, pawing it at. <laughs> this makes me think that I would love a big Ange memoir. Oh, oh my god! I'm a I'm oh, a guy. Well, oh wait, she has. She one. have one. <laughs> okay. Does oh, she really? Wait, I want. Dr- I want Drita's memoir. Wait, it's Drita. called "Bigger Is Better: Real okay. Life Wisdom from the No Drama Mama." Okay, um, so she has one. <laughs> well, wow, her, her breasts are size thirty six double J. Dan, I don't know if you know this. I have right a few months before her death. I went to China. The Drunken Monkey. No, I no no no. Once actually, my cousin got married in Staten Island, mm-hmm. and you know, wedding was over, and we were like wasted. We were like, I was like, oh my god, let's go to me and my cousin. Let's go to Big Angel's bar, like bar and get an Uber. And I asked the like Hilton concierge, and she was like, oh, we love the drunken monkey like here. And she was being so like Big Angel's my mom, and like she is Staten Island's mom. And then we they called the drunken monkey for us, and they were closing in five minutes. So oh damn, no, I had one of the yeah. best uh, afternoons. That's a, of my that life is a beautiful there. tale of great hospitality on the part of Hilton. Yes. I just want to say hospitality <laughs> matters. Okay, that no, concierge went above and beyond the call of duty to make you feel she welcome. Didn't, she didn't have to. No, you know, she, she could have to call. Go, go to the hotel bar, you know, yeah. buy a $12 Bud Light, you right. know. She could have herded you into like making more money for the brand, but no, she said, your experience matters. <laughs> have you ever been, Dan? Yeah, I went like, I think it was a few months before Big Ange died, actually. It was like the first like nice day in New York. I went to the ferry, took the ferry. Uh, then like you take a bus for like 30 minutes and you walk like a mile from the bus to the Drunken Monkey. It is not, this was before Uber too. 
Um, Not easy to get there. And so we get there, and immediately the woman working is like, you guys aren't from around here, are you? And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) But she was super nice. Her name was, like, Marla. I remember remember seeing her on Mob Wives as, like, one of Big Ange's, like, best friends. Um, And she's like, Ange isn't here today. Her son took Oxycontin and fell off the roof. And I was like, okay. Oh, my God. (laughs) And she gives us, like, little plastic shot glasses, and she's like, you know, if you ever flip these over, I'll just fill it up with Fireball, and you guys can drink them for free all night. Like, Stop. Sick. So we black out after like two yeah. hours. <laughs> um, they they order pizzas. It's the best jukebox I've ever seen in my entire life. Like all the best '90s R&B and rap and shit. Oh. And my friend dances with this woman's wife, and the woman's wearing this like she's probably like seven. Woman's wife. Woman's, woman's husband. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Lily really I parked up. The, yeah. No, I was like, I'm, 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 I'm imagining these like spiky haired Staten no, Island no. lesbian. V eyeliner. Yes. Dreams she, dashed. She had like a skin tight leopard dress, long nails, huge fake tits, like bleach blonde hair. And uh, she didn't end up fighting my friend. She actually ended up like trying to call us a cab, but it took like 30 minutes to even get a cab to like pick up the phone. Uh, you know, but it was fun. It was like a uh, very empty on like a Tuesday night. Oh, that's like oh, such I a pizza, free fireball. That so fun, and also it's like it's she knows you're there for Ange, and like yeah. she's not just being like fuck this because it's like she's just again that Staten Island hospitality. She's welcoming you in, and it's just so sorry. It was when you she said flip it over, and that's when she knows like more fireball should come. Yeah. This was like little tiny like coffee. That's very um shooters. Our <laughs> friend's husband is like a rich businessman who might be a spy and he's always like <laughs> flying first class for work. And like he'll tell the flight attendant, um, he'll order a like a Japanese whiskey and then he'll just tell the flight attendant, Don't let me see the bottom of this glass. Mm. So she always has to keep it full, but it's the kind of a similar thing to ever do. But Lily, you met Big Ange. Well, so that's what I was gonna. I oh. went to the Staten Island. Is yeah. Also, a few, um, I think, months before her death, she was making an appearance at the San Gennaro Fest, uh-huh. and I actually went randomly with Rosalie and Nardi, um, and we met up. Went there. I mean, she was just hanging in like one of the restaurants, like tents, and like. And just she was doing limoncello. Oh no, we all did a limoncello shot together. I oh, wait, five. you, Ross, and Big Ange did a limoncello <clears throat> shot together. <laughs> yeah, she was like, "Let's do shots." And I, like, I think she <laughs> could tell I was nervous. She said something like, "Don't be nervous, honey," or something like that. Oh. <laughs> Bought the bottle for for forty. She signed it. I still have it. I haven't opened it. Oh. I'm sure it tastes like actual Sprite, but. We're saving it for like the absolute yeah. most important day of our lives. Yeah, so it hasn't come. Biden's yet, inauguration. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm letting that age, and yeah, she signed it. We did limoncello shots. I mean, she larger than life, you know. And she was just with a gaggle of gals having fucking fun at San Gennaro. And it's like, yeah, she was smoking probably a cigarette that long, doing shots. <laughs> and like, I remember on the show, her doctor being like, "And you have to stop smoking and drinking," and you know. Yeah, we all know how that ended up, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Too soon. Too Gone too soon. Gone too soon. Um, I was listening to your episode about Janice Dickinson, and I recall the memory of... Not, I didn't meet her in L.A. in 2015, but I saw her at some weird, like, party in, like, Century City. It's like some... Weird. Industry party. Anyway, she was fucked up. She was wearing oh. a red, oh. glittery, like, jumpsuit with, like, spaghetti straps, and her, her tits were, like, pouring out of them. Yeah. 
And she was like climbing over a velvet rope. Like, I think she was on pills. I don't think she was like that drunk. It was like a right. different kind of, you know, the vibe. Okay. Well, because she's um, like been sober. She's been so, sober. But she like, kind of goes off and on the wagon here yeah. and there. But yeah. She's human. Um, <laughs> but she was like trying to climb over this velvet rope, but it was like drooping down very far. And it was like probably six inches off the ground, like max. So she, and she was like, like going in like slow motion over it and just like yelling at some like older kind of fugly guy. <laughs> and I think she was dating. <laughs> Wait, this is the most Janice. This is the most believably Janice story I've ever heard. Yeah. She's moving yeah. in slow motion because she is so the scene in Wolf of Wall Street where he's on pills and he's like moving like that. Mm-hmm. She's always dating a weird older guy that she's getting in a fight with at a club. Yeah. Who's like I angry and like not like all of her husbands are like not attractive. Um, and I just looked up, yeah, her most recent, this was so sketchy. Her most recent husband is a psychiatrist who surrendered his license in like 2016. And it's Uh-oh. like, okay, so obviously you were either over prescribing pills or you Or Janice a, was your patient. Or Janice was your patient. <laughs> Yeah, that's not hard to imagine. What? Wait, what restaurant was it? It wasn't a restaurant. It was like a party for like something. I don't know. I just like went to it with a friend. It was like free drinks and free food. And I was like, okay. Done, of course. Like a 45-minute Uber from like Echo Park. I was like, I'm never coming back to LA. This is fucking bullshit. But then you saw Janice, you know. And I saw Janice. And that's LA. That's why we do it. Um, y'all not, this is again, literally so much fun. I actually do have to go. I was literally about to say, let's end it on a high note. Before Lily's like, oh my What do you have to do, by the way? I know I'm being so crazy. I literally am just meeting another lesbian couple for dinner for like an early lesbian time, 645 dinner at this hot new 645, not even. They they asked for no, they asked for the 645. It's well, you it's my friend Justine who works at Russ and Daughters, and I think she has to get to work at like 6 a.m. or something. Yeah, because she's actually an essential worker who's essentially giving salmon. We were like dinner, and she's like, they were like, does 6.15, 6.45 work? And I was like, okay. like Why don't we wait till after we all fortunes on to eat? <laughs> no, see, absolute senior. I mean, I guess, yeah, it's like bagel senior citizen time. So <laughs> that is why I have this like absolute sizzler early bird. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'll let you off the horn. Um Thanks for coming on the pod, guys. You're welcome. This was back an absolute. Anytime. It was fun. This was a joy. Something this to do. This was really fun. I, I'm not gonna not to be rude, but this was more. In, I like this more than the last time I was on your pod with um with Eric. What's his face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was still working out a lot of the kinks and stuff, right. and I was getting wasted. I don't know. Sure. No, I mean <laughs> now you're like Mr. Focus, Dry January on top of your shit. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah, high off the pistachio. I'm obsessed. Pistachio Dan is fucking hot. (laughs) (laughs) Pistachio Dan can get it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right, all right. Okay. Um, Thanks again. Thank you. Make sure to tell your listeners to subscribe to our pod as well, because I'm sure they're pod addicted. Uh, yes. Celebrity Book Club with Stephen and Lily available on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your pods. Oh, I will put a things. link in the description. Oh my god, that would be glorious. Listen, Thank I mean, so guys, much. they're not making any money. It's a passion project, clearly. Right. So we don't show care. some support. Yeah. Give it a five star rating. Yeah. Leave sorry, unlike Dan, we're not getting a rent paid by our podcast. We're getting nothing paid by our podcast. So if please, you guys, if you guys need to borrow any money, though, you can. 
like okay. okay okay that's all I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna Venmo we'll leave it at that. I'm <laughs> we'll put you our, ca- wait put our cash apps in the bio as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay well good night guys have a nice dinner Lily okay ciao ciao bye, bye. bye.